welcome to this episode of Joy's World, the podcast. Obviously, I'm Joy. <laughs> Who else am I going to be? Um, and today I have another very, very special guest. She is a social media content creator. She is the queen of TikTok, in my opinion. All right, just saying. Um, she was the first blind presenter on Radio One. And she is also someone who I now consider an actual real life, well, we haven't met in real life, but a virtual real life friend. It's Lucy Edwards. Hello, sweetie. How are you? I'm good, my love. How are you? That's more important. Oh, I'm not too bad. I'm happy to be here on this lovely well I don't know what it's like outside I think it's a bit dreary but we're gonna not make it dreary and have a good chat aren't we honey 100% I mean we we bring the sunshine always always um Lucy my first question to everyone that I interview on my podcast is how are you feeling and I don't want uh, I'm okay I'm fine I really want to know like how are you feeling are you tired today are you pissed off today are you all right are you hungry oh. how, how are you how am I? Well, I had a massive eye ache last night, Joy. Like, I have these headache patches where I have, like, literally, they're stuck to my brain, basically. I wish they were stuck to my brain. I don't know how to relieve the pressure in my brain sometimes with the eye pain. And it's very real. Um, so I'm kind of, like, a bit fuzzy, maybe, from that. I always have a bit of a day after where I kind of know that it's happened, if you get what I mean. I don't know whether you get that, honey, but... Yeah, other than that, like I'm feeling quite chipper, very motivated. But yeah, like I think I always get a bit of a bad blind day when I'm feeling the pain in my mm. eyes. So, yeah. yeah, no, I hear that because I, I also I get eye aches and headaches as well. Um, but let's talk about that. So obviously, I mentioned at the beginning you are blind. So tell us a bit about that, Lucy, for people that don't know you. Obviously, I know you and I know your condition. But tell us what's your eye condition. When did you start losing your sight, etc.? Yeah, so I lost my eyesight completely back when I was 17 years old, but I've been kind of on and off to the eye hospital right back from when I was about 11 years old. Um, my condition call is called incontinenti pigmenti, which basically just means that the blood vessels in the back of my eye pop and then that's what kind of caused my retinal detachment right eye age 11 left eye age 17 so it's a bit of a crazy one my family didn't know about it until it kind of appeared in my eyes um and it it caught like it first kind of appeared in me when I was four years old and there was like bumps and lumps on the backs of my legs as a young girl and that was diagnosed as incontinence pigmentary but yeah no one knew that it would go into my eyeballs so yeah and since then kind of progressive vision loss has even happened from when I re was registered blind, blind when I was 17 because as we all know joy blindness is a spectrum and we're all different we're not all complete totals but I am a total now so um over the past kind of three years really I've been trying to navigate that life with with no real light so I've been trying to create my own light 
yes <laughs> no it's it's really important and as you say it is such a spectrum and and I get that a lot you know because I, I wear glasses Lucy and they're quite thick and I'm completely blind in my right eye and I have about 10% in my left eye but people don't understand that and when I say oh yeah I'm blind people are like but you can see a little bit I'm like yes I know but it's like you don't want to like you can't explain to every single person you meet like the level of vision that you have especially yeah. when it varies you know so it's, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird one but how was that for you um at 17 losing your losing your vision what was that and what was what was life like before that and how does it compare to now because I think sight loss is something that a lot of people are worried about people fear it a lot you know people don't want to lose their sight so how was that for you at, at the age of 17 yeah I think I actually remember when I was 16 years old joy like going into my mom's room my mom and dad's room saying like look I know that my vision is getting worse and mom I don't know if I actually want to be here if I lose my eyesight completely I am terrified I am so scared and I just remember like sobbing for hours and hours into my mom's shoulder and I just I didn't know what to do because up until then I kind of could brush it off when I was 11 to 17 like I could just go oh you know I only have to think about it when I go to the eye hospital I get a bit grouchy and then I can go home and I can sort of you know see the world enough to get by I can tell my mobility instructor that I don't need my cane and I'm independent and I can blend into the background as much as possible like that was my reality I was just trying to kind of hide it when I was younger but I think going through it you can never predict how you're going to feel or how life is going to be after sight loss and I think it was a very scary thing because also Joy there wasn't people like us out there kind of saying hey it is okay to be blind it is that it is you can have a fulfilling life it is going to be okay I literally thought my life was over it was the end of me and the end of everything because life as I knew it changed in an instant. Like I, I had to learn how to eat, walk, drink, live again as Lucy. And, you know, of course you're not going to feel like yourself when you're doing all that rehabilitation and things. So yeah, I, I had a mental breakdown from like, Oh, it's got to be like 17 to like 19 years old I just was trying to find myself I was uploading YouTube videos but I was kind of those were my only happy moments if you get what I mean because I was trying to find some sort of answer I think yeah and I I can it makes me oh I feel quite emotional actually because I I can definitely relate to that being a teenager and crying you know crying a lot especially you know to my mom and to my sister because I again like I just I wasn't sure like what life was going to be like and I didn't uh, meet any other like blind people really until I was about 18 um, when I started working and and I feel like for meeting them kind of made me realize oh okay like this is okay like their parents they're working they're you know I was like oh I saw a future whereas I feel like sometimes when you're dealing with sight loss you don't always you know your future is uncertain you don't really know what it's going to be like especially if, if we're not visible and I feel like for me doing the podcast and speaking about my experience in life is is I guess I'm hoping that there is some 
teenager I mean hopefully they're not listening to all the episodes because some of them are a bit saucy Lucy but hopefully there is some teenager somewhere that may be losing their sight or has lost their sight and is thinking what is life going to be like what can life be like what can I do how is it going to be and I would love for someone to be able to listen to this and and actually understand that you know what it's going to be okay and that's why I feel like what you're doing as well with your TikTok with your YouTube being on you know being on the radio is it's is also very important because we need to be visible you know yeah. we really need to be visible there needs to be more blind people on social media on the TV on the radio just everywhere in day-to-day jobs you yeah. know so that people yeah. don't fear it as much I, I t- joy I totally agree this is music to my ears I think you know, this is why our community needs to be banding together, talking about these issues openly. And I know that me and you met on Clubhouse recently, and I I honestly, hand on my heart, I have probably found my true friends who also have a visual impairment only within like the, la- the last year or so, like finding you, Kevin, Mariam, Agon, like all of you guys, get it and understand and I think before I was kind of grasping to find people um to be friends with who were blind because I felt like no one would understand me but also what we have to remember is we're all so different that within this community we're all going to have different levels of vision but also we all don't necessarily have to get on just because we have a vision impairment like we're all so different we have different interests you know and I guess when people come up to us it's kind of like it's easy to kind of put us all under the same um kind of I don't know (laughs) label or whatever but and and there are are some similarities but yeah I found I found my tribe when I when I went on to Clubhouse and it's only been like the past month all of you have just appeared I'm like what yeah no and it's crazy because obviously like we knew of each other before but we never really sat down and spoke to each other and I've seen you know your YouTube I've seen some of the things you've done in the past here and there but I think actually getting to know you I was like you know what you have a very a very kind and big heart and I feel like as well as you say we have to kind of stick together because you know what it's hard enough you know and it doesn't mean that we have to get on with every blind person we meet but you know what we can learn from each other you know and I don't have to agree with everything that you do or you don't have to agree with everything I do but you know we have a lot of things you know in common and a lot of good things so it's good to focus on on them. Lucy tell me a little bit about your YouTube and your TikTok when did you start why did you start and what are you hoping to achieve? Oh wow joy um I love that question. I think, so I started my journey back when I was 17, 18. I just sort of said to my fiance, who was my boyfriend at the time, you know, I just want to upload videos. Like, I think it'd be really cool. I just did, I just sort of mastered doing my makeup again. I was feeling really, really low. Like that girl that filmed the first ever Blind Goddess Row makeup back then, you can tell that I feel low physically in my voice you can just tell the aura that I'm emitting is I'm trying to be confident right now but actually I've just lost my eyesight and I feel so crummy I'm just gonna try and show you how I'm doing something to sort of prove to myself look I 
I am here and I'm, I'm still sort of clinging on to what Lucy was. Um, so I think, yeah, it, it's really, it's really been a journey from that video, seeing my videos evolve just as a content creator, but also the fact that merged in, in with that, I kind of really found my passion for trying to find my voice. Um, and knowing that, you know, storytelling and journalism was kind of what I wanted to train in, because to be honest, Joy, you'll probably say this, and I think we've said this before on Clubhouse in our chats that, you know, when you're so young, you're trying to find yourself anyway, you're trying to understand who you are and what you want to become. Like, I went to law school, um, I got in, I did my A-levels, but obviously I went blind in the middle of my A-levels. And I always say that was kind of like a sighted Lucy dream to, to kind of do that and follow that path. And when I sat back and said, wow, like, I can't control my eyesight, but what I can control is feeling that I need to do something with my voice, something with what I've been given here. I need to tell everyone that it is okay to be blind. So even though law was amazing, I was, I did have a mental breakdown and I was really on strong antidepressants and I needed kind of not to just like go into university in that way I'm not saying university is not amazing because it is um and you know who knows I may go back but I I ended up training as a journalist just because um I needed a few years just to have out and then and then obviously go into the BBC so yeah it, it was a whirlwind back then and I feel like even now I've just spewed at you <laughs> everything that's happened but yeah I think um it's been a journey and I absolutely ultimately love creating content online. Do you feel like through your TikTok and your YouTube, do you feel like, because I, I think you, you are, but do you feel like you're, you're educating people? Because we, as you know, blind people, we get a lot of strange questions. Um, and so some of your videos, you know, to some people may seem very, I don't know what's the word maybe basic in terms of I saw one it was about how does a blind person put toothpaste on a toothbrush now to me and you we do that every day we're used to it but is yeah. do you get that kind of the ideas behind those kind of videos is it based on questions you've had from random people asking you silly questions like that you know talk to me a little bit about that what is the kind of I guess you know what spurs you want to do those kind of videos yeah I think that's that's you've hit the nail on the head there joy because it definitely is like audience and viewers kind of submitting their questions to me and me just saying right you know no question is too silly I'm going to answer it at the end of the day if someone is asking that question um they still aren't educated on disability and I don't want to punish them for not being educated because at the end of the day before I became a disabled woman, I knew nothing about disability. So, you know, even though putting toothpaste on a toothbrush is so innate to me and you, and we just did it, I think that before I lost my eyesight, I did wonder how I would do that. And I, did, I was scared about, you know, being able to do that. And as I said, I had to rehabilitate my whole entire life, learn to eat, live, drink, walk, all over again in a non-sighted way. And I think because people are scared of the unknown, 
Mm. What seems like such a crazy, silly question to me and you, maybe in some senses, I feel isn't a silly question because, you know, once it's out there and people understand that and they know that, they go, oh, well, what else can she do? And what else is she capable of? And eventually I do hope that those questions do stop in some ways that that the world is so educated about blindness that it's just a given that we can do these things of course you know I I do wish that sometimes in my darkest moments that my Q&A section and my comments were like every other TikTokers I do in some ways you know you you look at all these other influencers and their comment section is like oh what's your most you know funniest moment you've ever had in life and you know what 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 do you want to do when you grow up or you know what do you think you're going to do and where do you think you're going to be in the next five years and mine are like how do you wipe your bum how do you (laughs) go to the toilet you know so Mm. obviously that does kind of get a bit you know on my bad line days that that does hurt because obviously it's kind of still like asking simple questions but I have to keep reminding myself where I was when I was 17 how I was feeling and what I would have wanted to know because I would have wanted to know the basic things Mm. yeah and you know what Lucy I I totally hear you and I feel like this is why you're a nicer person than I am because if I got that question I'll tell them to fuck off honestly (laughs) um because I just don't have time for it and also do you know what I feel like though Lucy is are these questions coming from young people that are just curious or are they actually coming they're grown people asking yeah. the most stupid questions like how do you have sex listen like how do you have sex you know what i mean because if you are only using your eyes for sex you're doing it all wrong do you know what i mean Lucy? <laughs> like it's it's a bit it's it's crazy and i and i uh, as you say i feel like you're you know you're a very you're very um forgiving and you're very patient with people because uh, me I could not sit there and and answer them comments because I will literally be like are you fucking stupid like that will be my answer to everybody but then as I say I feel like the way you explained it does take me back to when I was a teenager but then again I don't think I would ask those kind of questions I feel like as well it's kind of like I don't know part of me is like certain things do they need to know that like why like that some of the questions are so basic and I'm just like why are you actually asking that you know some people are genuine but some people are just asking for the sake of asking you know um, yeah. you know what honey like I totally hear you and I think that that's what I'm I totally agree like on my darkest moments I think oh you know do you know do you surely you must know like that I am capable of doing xyz you know um Mm. I I really do try and just give people the benefit of the doubt because I guess if if they need to know sort of those questions comments and concerns in that way I feel like you know the finger shouldn't be necessarily pointed at them it needs to be our education system it needs to be our government it needs to be our thought leaders um kind of really steering the narrative of disability to someone who's capable and confident rather than you know really just not not being able to do daily tasks and maybe I guess it shouldn't fall on me or you to educate but I think this is where that the that everyone mainly is getting their information from social media and if I'm there saying look hi I'm a 
a woman who is completely capable and confident. I'm a trained journalist. I do A, B, C, D, E. I'm kind of in their face. And then I feel like then that that thought then spreads to everyone. And then no one in real life necessarily has to answer those basic questions anymore. I don't know, but I get what you mean. It can mm. be quite grating. I, I, yeah, I know what you mean. But I hear you. And the thing is, though, is if you're answering those questions, it means I don't have to. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So that's fine. I'll be like, just go and look at Lucy's page, OK? Because I'm not telling you how I pour a drink. I'm not doing it. I'm not telling you. I'm not doing it. Um, but yeah, no, and I, and I hear that. And actually, that, that's interesting that you said about our education system and things like that, because I do. I mean, I mean, it's hard. I feel like in school what, what's your opinion on specialist schools so I have always been to mainstream school I didn't go to like a blind school or anything like that which obviously was an option and my mum chose to keep me in a mainstream school at the time and I have my I have pros and cons for both you know because I do understand that you know people need sometimes people need support and etc etc depends on the child but I feel like a, a big part of me feels like and this might be controversial but if we always separate people and I don't not just talking about blind people but people with different disabilities as well then it's like this is like a you know it's an able-bodied world isn't it and in order for able-bodied people to understand us and for us to understand them because I you know some blind people also find it difficult to interact with sighted people and you know get on in in life sometimes um because maybe they've been at a specialist school for a long time school college whatever um so I feel like we should all be mixed but then I also understand that it, it's not everyone that you know that can be mixed some people need extra support so it would be, be interesting to hear your take on that yeah joy it's so interesting to hear your perspective I so mainstream versus specialist blind school I would say I mean from my perspective I went to a mainstream secondary school with a vision impairment unit on the side so in terms of my experience I lost the majority of my eyesight near enough kind of at the end of my school years even though I had to retake a year but it was year 12 then year 12 again then year 13 so the last three years of my schooling what I would say is during that time I did have to fight for special educational needs provision um I remember my mom coming up to the school and saying you know you can't take her teaching assistance away from her um because you know budget cuts and a b c d e you know the list goes on you know there's always kind of um, that special educational needs plan that you look at and that you have sort of assessed yearly by your teachers that says you know Lucy needs A, B, C, D, E but I think having that grounding in mainstream school and having friends that weren't necessarily like me but a unit on the side I, I did see discrimination from myself from a very young age you know I was scared to get out my cane at a mainstream school because people would just say oh look at the blind girl or you know mm. um I was the person in that school who was different as soon as I got a guide dog when I was in sick form you know I was the blind girl with the dog um younger kids would pull Olga's ears there would be chewing gum on Olga's ears she would sit underneath tables I mean she did chew the uh, history teacher's doorstop as well so that was kind <laughs> of eventful but 
know, you know, I was in that environment that, you know, my, when I, even when I was younger, back when I was like 13, 14, when my eyesight was deteriorating it a little bit, but I could still read print, you know, I remember so vividly being in French class and the teacher just me being like, have you enlarged my sheets this, this time? She's like, sorry, I just didn't have time. And it's like, well, you know, I can't access this material. She's like, well, do you have a magnifier? So, you know, constantly from, I just, from my earliest memories of secondary school, I would have to advocate for myself or my best friend, Connie, bless her, would read the whiteboard to me if a teacher forgot something. But to be honest, my reality was that teachers did forget things, did forget resources, did forget materials for me. And I did Mm. fall back a lot on my friends. But I think fundamentally that taught me how to really just be like right this is what I need and this is what I'm going to get out of it at the end of the day I did have a supportive family around me and and eventually you know when I lost the majority of my eyesight I knew things weren't going to be peachy um and I knew that there was a lot of discrimination out there but I think also the expectation placed on you know kids like me kids like us joy who are blind it's it's not that high I I know that sounds really controversial but like in the vision impairment unit like I should have got taught how to you know use my computer and I did you know in bits and bobs but they was there wasn't like dedicated lessons on how to work JAWS properly which is a screen reader that loads on 20 windows pc you know there should have been mandatory lessons making you proficient on jaws because my teacher should have told me you know you will use this in the work environment and if you don't know how to work jaws then you're not going to get a job or you know have a successful career or you know there should have been someone steering me like that but at the end of the day i learned jaws after i left school because of my dad and because of my fiance you know I learned how to read braille at school um but you know the the emphasis was on braille notes and braille displays and at the end of the day you need to know how to use a laptop in order to kind of you know integrate into most work systems so yes there is a flaw fundamentally with the education system but I agree with you Joy like without my experience, I would not have learned how to advocate for myself. And I think in terms of blind schools, I think maybe, you know, you wouldn't necessarily know the discrimination or, or the hard times that you're going to necessarily face outside Mm. of that bubble, like we had. Yeah, and I feel like as well, it's just like, you know, if we were if we were more integrated and there was more blind people like in my school, for example, then the people around me, like my friends from secondary school, you know, they've always been around me. So they've known me, they've grown up with me. And so they they're more aware. So when they see another blind person on the street, they know, you know, what to do and what not to do, if, if that makes sense, you know. So but then again, it's it's hard, isn't it? And as we say, it's such a spectrum that so what's good for one person is not always good for another so, I, yeah I'm I just feel like it's such a spectrum and you know I feel like if we were more integrated then people would just kind of know like the do's and the don'ts and but it is you know what's right for one person is not always right for another so I, I guess it's, it's a hard thing but for me I was glad that I went to a mainstream school um as you say so I learned how to advocate for myself really um 
as we know, Lucy, you have a lovely fiance, Ollie. Talk to me a little bit about when you met Ollie and what the plans are for the wedding because they were called off because of COVID, right? Yeah, oh, my Ollie, my Ollie Bobs, as I like to call him. Um, I, I've been with Ollie since I was 16, 17 years old. We met when we were like 15, so it's crazy. Uh, an amateur dramatics kind of uh, club that we went to when we were younger. Um, and he was only there. He's actually from the other side of Brum to me, but he was only there because his um, family friend ran the amateur dramatics club. So yeah, we, we did a bit of uh, theatre in our day. And then we kind of got together um, and pretty much two months into our relationship, two months into our relationship, I lost my eyesight. So I remember saying to him, like, Ollie, you're glowing. And he was like, what, Luce? And he kind of, he didn't care. He didn't care about my eyesight at all. He just wanted to get to know me. And it was so refreshing being in relationships before, you know, that where that wasn't the case. And I think ultimately, I don't think people know this loads about me and Ollie, but when we first got together, um, I... <laughs> I was really really scared to sort of tell him about my sight loss and I remember having cataracts at the time because I wasn't completely blind and I said look like you won't like me if I lose my vision so it's better to just break up now and he was like no 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 do not break up with me you can't break up with me um and I was like well you know it is just better for the both of us like I'm dealing with all this like go away I'm really young and we are both really young um and we actually split up back then um like a that was only a few months before we got back together because he basically was just like don't be silly but you know I think it was just the trauma of the past because other people used to say sort of thing if you lost your eyesight I wouldn't love you anymore and different things like this so I think I know all these feelings rolled into one I was so young we were both so young and all this was happening I just thought you know will we survive this and also you know I had to be strong myself trying to navigate this let alone being with someone else who was also very young you know mm -hmm. not knowing how to support someone navigating that so to be honest like we are the strongest we've ever been and as I say we've been together for eight years and honestly I could cry about how lovely that man has been to me I always say and I know this sounds controversial because he's not blind at all but we went blind together oh yeah we went blind mm -hmm. together and he has just been my rock like when I couldn't really get out of bed or believe in myself like I've said to him so many times like Ollie I think you should leave me like I don't feel very well or I don't feel like myself or you know I'm not the Lucy I used to be and he's like I love the Lucy that is now sorry I'm crying oh, <laughs> but no. he's just amazing so. No, do you know what Lucy stop because you're making me like well up do you know what <laughs> you know what Lucy like it's it's so difficult because people don't talk about this no. and actually like obviously you know you know I've got a daughter and so you know I've had 
relationships in the past and and actually you know it's one thing Lucy trying to find a partner it's hard enough for everybody right but then also having a disability as well it's really it's it's really difficult and it's something that we don't talk about and you know me I'm very you know I come across as very confident and and everything like that you know me I talk about sex all the time but actually Lucy I think that's something like where I kind of struggle as well is is actually allowing somebody in properly because you can you know it's one thing to sleep with somebody but it's another thing to actually be in a relationship with them and you know being with someone who's losing their sight and the fact that you and Ollie got together and two months later you lost your vision that is you know that's very traumatic for you and then for somebody else you know a sighted person to kind of be in that because you know let's be honest especially you said you was young you know people are not understanding and so the fact that Ollie was and has been and is so understanding I'm just really really happy for you because you know a lot of us we don't get that you know yeah. and and also there's people that fetishize it you know like I can't say that word fetishize it as well like they just want to yeah. be with a blind girl for the sake of it you know just to yeah. take something off the list but it seems like you and Ollie have really found you know each other and really found happiness and yeah. so I can't wait to come to the wedding I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah sorry I just um, cried at you didn't know I didn't answer the wedding question <laughs> no, no it's fine like, no it's fine it's important <laughs> honestly like I agree with you like it's so overwhelming like trusting someone with like those deepest darkest emotions about how you feel about yourself and as I said like you know navigating that I didn't know who I was for so many years and Ollie just waited until I did know he's he always just said to me look Lucy I know you're not yourself now but my Lucy will come back again she will and I didn't believe that I didn't um and I had a lot of support from my family as well like they they were amazing but I I totally agree with you it's like you know I think that's why I believe so much in the power of like human communication and human to human like no matter who we are or what we face or what we deal with you know Ollie doesn't have the same challenges as me he's a visual effects artist he's a visual effects artist for god's sake like he just doesn't he's not in the same realm as me like he deals with visual things every single day and I'm definitely in the blind world and yeah we do have times when he just doesn't understand me or I don't understand him but I think that's why I'm able to answer these questions um on a day-to-day basis of you know how how I do this and how I do that and how I do the other because I just think fundamentally Ollie has brought the best out in me and said look loose stay humble loose you can do this and you know explaining to him over the years how I did things and really learning how to communicate as a couple has enabled me to really try and get the best out of my content and who I am as a person in order to educate he has made me a better person so yeah I'm so lucky and I sit here every day saying I am so lucky because there's so many people that would have left me or you know for for different reasons not just because I'm blind or we didn't necessarily gel together you know at the end of the day we grew up together we might have just grew grown up into two completely different people so mm-hmm. you know it, it it is crazy but joy just echoing what you said like there isn't there's there's so many different people out there and 
it is hard to find the one and I can't believe I stumbled on him so early I just but yeah it, it is has been a hard ride as well yeah I think it's nice when you find someone actually that sees past your disability though and sees you for you and I feel like yeah. that's what it seems like you know Ollie has done is actually he doesn't you're not Lucy the blind girl you're Lucy first yeah and I feel yeah. like that's really important for us always to remember and as well Lucy you know as much as you're saying that Ollie's made you a great person I think you have to remember you're a great person first and Ollie just adds to that you know yeah. you are fantastic without Ollie with Ollie do yeah. you know what I mean I just want to you, know I... you know what honey that is so interesting because I think when you are like childhood sweethearts like me and Ollie we definitely like people know us as Lucy and Ollie but like mm -hmm. online people know me as Lucy so definitely I agree with you like there's part of my speech that definitely is like lolly for life and like <laughs> we emerge together and mm -hmm. I think in my lowest moments, I cling on to that because I can't sometimes see myself on the bad blind days. Like, I, it, it's like almost like a mist and a fog. Like, I, I need to like dig myself out sometimes. Even to this day, you know, it's getting less and less with counselling and different things. But no, definitely that's those are the words that I sort of clinged on to in the early days. Yeah yeah but as I said it's just so important for us as as women as humans to just you know understand that we are fucking fantastic on our own and any man that comes into our lives is lucky to be with us okay yeah. <laughs> and I need to go and take whatever you and Ollie was taking at 15 because I need to find myself an husband do you know what I mean <laughs> talk, talk to me a little bit about the wedding plans obviously it's on hold because of covid talk to me a little bit about that yes um oh my gosh it's gonna be amazing but it, at the moment it's just postponed till further notice like it was gonna be last may and then this may i'm like right no get in the bin like <laughs> don't need that ollie was like oh we could do it i was like no babe like i'm not gonna get the best out of this situation necessarily and he was like oh yeah that's true because i need to hug people i need to kiss people i need to yeah. just just grab people you know it it's about touch for me. If I can't mm -hmm. see anything, then what is my wedding day? You know? Yeah. And yeah. All that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, no, that's understandable. It's good that you've waited because now I can come. So, that's fine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and if you guys need any wedding favors, I'm just saying, I did my sister's wedding favors. They went down an absolute treat. I'm oh, just saying. Babes, I made all sorts, like literally me, my friend Dee and my friend Chloe, we sat on my living room floor. Yeah, we all did all the stuff. We sat on my living room floor and we tried to make it like as like as, it was on, on the cheap, right? We tried to make it as cheap and cheerful as possible. And we had a conveyor belt going, right? So we had like these little candles with their names printed on it and the wedding date. We had oh these little God. love heart sweets with their names and the date as well. We had, what else did we have in there? We had these little... um mints um in a little packet and it said mint to be then we got these little jam jars my friend Chloe ordered these little jam jars from like ebay right and we got these personalized stickers with their names on it and it says um let's take a shot because they've just tied the knot or something like that oh. it said and we poured this like alcohol in there we had to shut it it was Lucy it was a mission but it I'm was ready great. I'm ready for my favours made by joy I'm ready for it I'll do it babes I'm doing it honestly I'm there and I look me I've got ideas okay we'll make it <laughs> as tactile as possible we'll make it fantastic you just 
give me the word just give obviously i'm there i'm doing it I honestly love it. i love this so much that's so, so cool but no fun. oh that's uh, that's so cute though when was your sister's wedding so she literally just celebrated her two-year anniversary so two years ago yeah no it was good it was fun it was fun Lucy let's go back a little bit to um so we were speaking before about social media and some of the comments and things like that that you have to reply to um have you had a lot of negative comments or is it more positive or is it more just questions like curiosity yeah I would say that a lot of my comment section is so sweet like they are so cute like I love them um but I think probably like 40% I would say are questions and comments and then like 10% are very much like yeah like why are you looking at why you're not looking at the camera you look weird just shut your eyes who even are you you're not blind you know I do get all of those um so many people are like you're so beautiful you've got such a lovely spirit um I think also between the plat like between the two platforms there's a very differing kind of people who who go on there um okay. just from my perspective like with youtube i tend to get maybe like more extreme nasty ones but they're more extreme in the kindness area i would say like they're just more extreme on youtube whereas TikTok it is very much more questions but I think there is because there's that Q&A feature and it is very immediate isn't it with the with the TikTok so yeah questions on all platforms but definitely different differing audiences yeah yeah okay and um earlier you mentioned you know when you was about 17 18 19 you had a, a breakdown um how are you feeling now and what has that process been like? Are you currently in therapy and counselling? Because I speak a lot on my podcast about how I feel. And that's why I always open my interviews with how are you feeling? Because I yeah. feel like it's something that we don't actually, like we ask people how they are, but I don't think we really care. Um, and I, I'm in therapy now myself. I've spoken about that on my podcast previously. And um, I feel like, I feel in a way really lucky that we're in like we're of a generation that is able to talk about mental health and it's not just like pushed to the side so talk to me a little bit about that yeah I honestly joy my kind of my experience with counseling and therapy and everything is it's kind of on and off like when I look back to when I was losing my eyesight and I was just quote unquote coping um I just wasn't you know and I think there was no real acknowledgement even from the people around me or all me as a young teenager that I needed any help it was kind of just like going through the motions because you're de dealing with like the immediate you have to put you know, you have to be okay now, you have to walk down the road, go to the shop, you know, make a cup of tea, you're dealing with the immediate, I can't do that, um, phase of sight loss, well, that's what I was dealing with anyway, you know, I was kind of just flung into, ah, rehabilita rehabilitation, but I think there's no, there's no thought there, and there was no thought on my mind, really, that there was any sort of loss or trauma counselling needed even though I was going through loss and trauma um mm. I think that's really interesting just to kind of 
delve deeper into because I I then did go to counselling. I think I started counselling like two years ago and it got paused because of COVID and I would love to go back because I absolutely love it. Not that I feel unstable or you know unhappy all of the time not that that that's something to be ashamed of I, I think you know I do have my bad line days and I openly talk about that all the time I think um you know dealing with them in counseling made me feel better overall and, and made me have less bad blind days I think when I'm not in counseling I am a bit more teary um about like eye pain and things so you know as I think I've discussed this with you before but during my counselling journey over the past couple of years I've really like tried to delve deeper into you know going sort of talking to my counsellor about you know who is Lucy and you know what was she dealing with from age eight to 25 you know going through each age what were the key things that I was feeling within those points of, in my life you know because I'd never gone back and thought about you know those anything like all my sighted memories all of my visual aspects of my life I I kind of just kind of drew a line in the sand when I was 17 and then I didn't look back on them because my new life was like dawning upon me and everything just happened so quickly so unpacking that again in counseling I think I got up to age 12 but every single counseling session I would just bawl my eyes out like just completely just well into a sense of like I, I can't speak like when the counsellor was talking and it really made me think wow like I have so much trauma and there should be trauma counselling for this type of thing you know it is a grieving process every day I wake up and I have lost something I once had and I'm living through that death of my eyesight every single day and unless you speak to a specialist about that then how are you going to accept that and I think that's when my true acceptance came when I came out as blind and I I said to myself it was okay because I was dealing with a lot of internalized ableism a lot of people don't know that they have internalized ableism I didn't but the more words I would say to myself like oh Lucy you're a burden Lucy you're this you can't do this it's impossible to do this all these negative words um were fueling my kind of narrative about myself and then ultimately believing that I was a burden and then ultimately not accomplishing what I wanted to do in life and it was kind of fueling each other it's like a vicious cycle um but no, there is still a lot to unpack because I think when I think about when I was 17, 18, 19, first going through sight loss, I talk to my friends now who were at university then and I was on strong antidepressants then in bed and not very much not going through the university experience like them. I couldn't. I literally had no ability in my whole entire being to have the same experience as them because I grew up overnight. You know, when they talk about that time period, I just freeze still like there is some things that I still need to you know dig deep into and if I talk about that period of my life I am very like not really connected to it I can talk about it in a superficial way but I still need to dig deep and I think from 22 onwards that's when I found my true Lucy again so there is a gap but I think yeah um yeah you're working on it 
yeah no it's um it's interesting and and I think you know we did say this before when we were speaking um with Jürgen as well but I I definitely can relate to that kind of we just kind of at the time especially as a teenager I never thought about how I was feeling it was more practical like what can I do now what can I not do now I never actually thought about oh you know your vision is getting it was getting worse and worse and worse you know and I and, and I never kind of addressed it um and it wasn't until I was speaking with you and Jürgen the other day actually that I actually realized that I've never addressed it I've just got on and then I've kind of you know I've, I've I've kind of developed this whole mentality of oh you've just got to be strong joy just get to get on with it just get on with it just get on with it rather than actually thinking about how did that make me feel as a teenager not being able to get to my lessons you know linking arms with my friends and them guiding me because I was too embarrassed to use a cane and things like that you know to now although I've changed that you know that that mentality and now I'm very confident with my cane and you know I tell everybody that I can't see but you know, I guess there are deep rooted things that we do need to um, address. Something that I picked up on Lucy that you have said consistently through this interview was actually when you have your bad blind days, do you feel like you're feeling down or feeling, you know, depressed? Do you think it really is mainly to do with your vision or do you feel like it's just a bad day or is it really a, bl a bad blind day? That is so interesting. That is such an interesting question. Um, do you want to oh, just so sorry about that, Lucy. But do you know sure. what? I'm so glad that happened because this is actually your gift. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally just turned up. No. Oh, I'm actually happy. Oh, I love that. I'm actually Yay! really happy. That is so, what timing is that? Yeah, Joy, I think it, that is such a good question. I think bad blind days are something I've kind of coined over the years. I've said it so much on YouTube, like bad blind day, bad blind day, because I want to just get in people's heads that, you know, I do still have days where I do feel the loss so deeply um because I did have pretty much 2020 vision when I was a young girl I do have very quite like sickening feelings of the loss that I have been through in my life and it kind of culminates in I mean I wouldn't say once a month or anything anymore because I've had loads of counseling about it but I would say like once in once in like like three once every three months or whatever like if you can coin a regularity to that sort of thing um I do just genuinely feel like wow it kind of the loss gets overwhelming kind of around my period actually I would say it's just before my period comes I'm oh usually premenstrual <laughs> I'm terrible around my period I'm literally crying I'm I'm I can cry anything like anything oh it's terrible literally literally honey I'm exactly the same and I, I would say yeah it's mainly but also what triggers a bad blind day for me is kind of the perception of me when I go outside actually I, I was saying this I think to someone else but you know during lockdown I haven't had kind of the taxi refusals or someone asking whether I can feed myself or that I've had it online like mm. um not not in the same way not the discrimination just genuine people asking genuine questions but I think when I'm faced with it face to face I'm getting in a taxi and they say you can't come in here because you are blind 
that is what triggers bad blind days to me because I'm just like oh well you're not seeing me as a person you're just seeing my disability and that's ableism um and I think um that yeah that that is what that's why I have bad mental health days in that sense but also just to kind of check in with myself and 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 say you know I I can have these days and it is okay to have these days I would say also like other things happen in my life you know like I don't know like arguments with family or not like crazy ones but you know the general Mm. arguments that we all have with our family members or our friends or whatever you know it, it does happen and you do have low moments I think I'm trying to articulate really like you know I I don't just get yeah I think it's it's easy for me to say oh it's bad line day but I do also get days where it it is just hard to be Lucy sometimes just like sometimes it's hard to be joy yeah no 100% and there's so many different things that trigger it you know you know that can trigger a bad day um but I totally hear what you mean, especially about the whole perception and other people's perception. That's my biggest gripe since I was a teenager. And in my, 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 I guess my biggest ambition in life has always been to, um, to kind of change public perceptions because their perceptions on, on us as visually impaired people or people with disabilities in general, is just so terrible. And it, and I feel like that is half the battle, Lucy, because yeah but anyways that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day um Lucy my last question to you is what does the future hold for Lucy Edwards oh I love that um the future wow I just I absolutely love my brand and what it's become over um these past few months and this past year like I absolutely want to flourish more on social media and get more presenting work but not only that like I absolutely love um just trying to spread the blind message in terms of maybe some courses um for industry professionals and then also some products of some sort um you know I absolutely love makeup so I hope that eventually in my future is an accessible makeup line so hopefully by putting that out into the the universe yeah (laughs) <laughs> I'll definitely be up for that because I, I told you this before I always struggle to do my makeup the most I can do is lipstick I do not bother because I just feel like it's so messy I'm like I don't know if I've done it right is it even and all that so yeah after lockdown we definitely we're gonna have we need to have a few um slumber parties where we, we drink don't. alcohol and do makeup and stuff like that um so yes. yes I'm looking forward to that <laughs> that'll be so cool that'll be so cool obviously you're new to my podcast but everybody that I interview I like to get them a little gift love so, it I've got you a gift um, I'm just opening oh. it now actually oh, I'm gonna describe it to you and I'm gonna show it to the camera for because you know we're filming now um, so I know that you obviously love makeup yeah. and I also I've been stalking this is what I do with all my guests and I know that you love velvet so I'm thinking what can I get Lucy as a gift so I have got you and I'm just going to hold you up to the camera for everyone watching but I've got you a velvet makeup bag it's Oliver (gasps) Bones 
and it's got like a gold zip and a little gold thing on the front I don't I can't tell what it is I don't know what it, is. it might be a bird or something but I thought you might like that and it, it feels really nice and it's it's like a burnt orange color as well oh, so, like, I thought it was quite different but I really so like thoughtful. it thank you thank no you so problem. much you're gonna make me cry no, so I just really thought, like, a nice little a velvet makeup bag. I was like, perfect. That is perfect for Lucy. And I think it's a really nice colour as well. It's, like, a bit unusual, like a, yeah, like a burnt orange. It's quite nice. It looks, like, quite luxurious. I honestly so, yeah. I've never had anything from Oliver. Oliver. Did you say Oliver Bonus? That is so cool. Um, Oliver Bones, yeah. <gasps> oh, is it Bones? Love bones? It. Oh, my God, I even nice. I'm not into design at least. No, but it's so cute. But also, I absolutely love velvet. My favourite colours are like oranges and yellows. So that is so cool. You're just adorable. Thank oh, you so you much. No problem, Lucy. Tell everybody where they can find you. Chat out your YouTube, your TikTok, Instagram, everything. Whoop, whoop. Okay, sweet. Um, so my TikTok is at Lucy Edwards Blind. My YouTube is youtube.com slash Lucy Edwards. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Lucy Edwards Official. So yeah, that's me. Perfect. Thank you, Lucy, so much for joining me on this episode. I've really enjoyed it, actually. I feel like this is very different, you know, for me. Yeah. Um, it's But it's really good. And I feel like we need to talk about this a lot more, you know, talk about our good points and also our down points as well. You know, there are positives about being blind and there are also some negatives and, and it's really important to explore them. So thank you so much for being so open and honest. And sorry I made you cry. Oh, and um, <laughs> we will definitely move after lockdown guys i would like to say thank you so much for listening um remember you can follow your dreams and follow me on instagram at joy's world the podcast twitter at joy xoxo email me if you're a heart guy joy's podcast at hotmail.com remember to stay happy and live your best life always Mwah. 